Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their angry Yowie coffee blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight, I'm joined by Jeremy, and Jeremy had a terrifying Yowie encounter down in Belberg Grove of Southeast Queensland. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Cade. It's great to have you on, mate. Your uh, your Yowie encounter is a bit of a, an interesting one because I think it answers the question of what a lot of people would do in a situation when they run into a <laughs> Yowie. Yes. So, mate, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the floor here because uh, I think I think your encounter is uh, really really awesome, and I think it's the the most stereotypical response to most people would have when it comes to a, a Yowie encounter. So, mate. Take the take the floor. Yeah, well, uh, pretty much my mate and I heard, well, watched the AYR video of the encounter out at Bearwood Grove, and we thought, geez, that's it's only twenty minutes half an hour up the road from us. So we went out and had a look, and found the exact area where they had the encounter, and that was pretty exciting for us alone. So we kept going back every two to three weeks, you know, looking around, and we found the typical sightings like a snap branches that it's just there's no other branches snapped around and whatnot um so that like the second or third time we went out there we walked up a bit further up this one of the fire trails sort of thing so off way off the walking tracks and we were heading up this small hill and not trying to be quiet because it was pretty pretty um pretty steep to get up so as we were heading up there we could smell this real gamey really strong gamey smell of like urine and the closest thing that i've smelt before is like 
fresh cattle yards or like a a male goat that's pissed on itself if you've ever smelt them before they're pretty disgusting and it would waft in with a breeze and then waft away and disappear and then five minutes later it came back and that was the first first thing for us like oh hang on there's there's no cattle farms around that's pretty weird like a gamey urine smell and that was fine and all but didn't get anything more we, we never stayed out late at night time much there because i think we just got impatient by eight o'clock we'd leave sort of thing and then the fourth time we went out which was uh like two times before we had the encounter we were walking up some more game trails because the game trails are real strange if, if you see bush and you grew up in bush like i did you know what game trails look like from kangaroos or anything like the size of the animal is going to be determined by the trail and the trails out there are pretty pretty wide at some points and it's like heavily worn like even logs that cross over them you can see where something's constantly been stepping over it and compacting it more but it's got to have some decent weight to it so a large kangaroo could do that but continually over the same log it's just it all adds up to high high strange it's this very odd bush for what it should be and we're out there looking at one of those trails and i was pointing it's in one of the videos I've, I've put up on the channel as well it was pointing and describing one of these breaks and how this tree's wedged in there to my mate and he, he hears a clack that i don't hear because i'm talking and then next literally a second later you hear this huge like someone or something snapping a large dead branch off and that was the first time we had a slight inkling of like holy shit what was that because it just echoes and reverberated and we stood there for about 30 seconds after going what the fuck was that <laughs> So that was um that was pretty wild and then after that time well the same time actually we went down the creek to see oh, well what made the clack and down in the creek which was still pretty full maybe oh, 600 million not a meter not deep enough to like get super wet in but enough to where something had been lifting up rocks and that in there which i'm assuming is what the clack noise was and the water was all murky from where it was disturbed so that had just happened maybe 100 meters away from us down the hill back in the creek so that was all like, well, this is awesome. We're starting to get stuff here. Nothing definitive yet. So then when we headed out another time after, we found this game trail up this creek, which is probably a two-meter bank at this point, where the game trail went up. And there was a, a, a print there that I couldn't work out what it was. And I emailed it to Gary Opert. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He um, came back and said that it was most likely a thylacine and I was just like what as in a Tasmanian tiger and he's like yep I've had many reports of them southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales so being that there could be a thylacine out there as well we definitely headed up that game trail the next time we went out and that was the the time where we had the encounter so we started walking up that game trail and which is only two meters the creek bank there at that point and as you go down the creek deeper into thick bush it gets higher and higher and eventually up to close to 20 minutes it's bloody tall and almost vertical you would it's hands and knees to get up and down it and slowly no one can just run and jump up and down it so we're heading up that game trail and just looking around and finding heaps of strange wedged logs as if it made like a, a barrier or a fence to guide something another way and the grass is all compacted all these big game trails running all different ways through lantana and stuff and i thought i could hear it sounded like, because I try and rule things out to where, oh, what was that? Okay, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. I, I don't try and convince myself that, oh, yep, it's a yowie. Oh, yep, that was a yowie. Because you just don't know. So I heard this noise and it was like a, oh, and it was a, what I now can hear back on the video, 
which we got clearly on the video, which was awesome. It sounded like someone hitting a stick on a, a hollow log, like boom, 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 like in rhythm. So a singular, then two, and then a singular. And we regrouped because my mate was a little bit away from me, and I said, I've got these noises up here, and let's head up and have a look. And he said, yeah, I could hear like a, it sounded like a girl going, wah, wah, but I think it was just that knocking noise echoing towards him. So as we started heading up to where the noise was, not even 10 steps, literally, something moved on the other side of this land tunnel, which is like 10 to 15 metres away from us, and then went down into the creek. And at that point where that creek bank is there, is like 20 metres, that's like real high and vertical, and you could hear it for like a second of no noise, and then you hear it, boom, and land in the creek on the gravels and large rocks and cobbles, like, and then it just trudged up towards a stomp, 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 and then it hit the water, and it was like when you come out of the beach, like just sloshing as hard as you can with your legs to quickly walk out, and it was just going through this water, like, clear bipedal footsteps, and we both just froze, just, just listening. And I was recording the whole time, we got the whole thing in video, and you can hear my mate saying, that was, that was bipedal. And we were both just like, holy shit. We've been looking out here for all these signs, finding these things, and now this is fucking real. <laughs> so it was just insane to just get that, like, holy fuck, like this isn't, because we both obviously believed it, but then it became real. Like, it's nice to get out there and look for it and whatnot, but when it became real, it was just like, holy shit, what the fuck? What the fuck do we do? And we were just standing there frozen with fear, literally. And my mate has always said to me, if I hear something, I'm going to run towards it and record it and blah, blah, blah. But we both just froze and just listened. And it slowly made its way up towards where the game trail was that we had come up. But along the way, you'd hear it go like one, two, three, one, two, three, four steps on the gravels that you could hear it a clear bipedal, not like a hopping from a kangaroo or who's from a deer or... It was clear, heavy bipedal because we were up that 18, 20 metre creek bank and the sound was echoing and coming all the way up to us. So it, whatever it was, it was bipedal. It was extremely heavy, over easily over 150 kilos it has to be to, to walk with full force and make the stomping noises on the rocks that it did to echo up to us. And so it made its way up closer. And when it was almost in line with where we'd come up because we are probably... I know 20, 30 metres away in from the bush and on a bit of a diagonal from the top of that game trail. When it got closer to in line with where we were there, we heard two others behind it, like obviously smaller because it was way quieter the noise, but it was the same bipedal. And it was almost like we could hear it lifting up rocks and then putting them back down. And then once they all... It was almost, we've, we sort of felt surrounded at one point because we could hear a noise coming up in the bush from where the knocks were that we were coming from while heading towards, sorry. And then we had the big one down in the creek, whatever it was, the large bipedal creature, being person, whatever, making its noise and then the other two around it. So it was like one behind us and then the three in front but scattered out. And then it got to the point where it got to the entrance of the game trail and we were still frozen. My watch couldn't even register my heart rate. It was going that fast. And there was a point where I was, my heart was beating so fast. That's all I could hear. And I had to take a step back and go, no, this is what you're here for. <laughs> take a few breaths. And then so it got to the, whatever it was, got to the game trail that we'd come up and everything stopped. And while all this is happening, whether it's just from adrenaline 
or it is how, what people say. There was no birds, no noise. In the distance, you can hear them in the video, but there was nothing. It was just, and the whole energy in the area was different. It was heavy. So it got to the entrance of the game trail where we'd come up, and I'm pretty sure it could smell our residual scent from coming up because it just stopped for like a minute or two. And we couldn't hear anything more, and we're like, is it still there? Which, like, I don't know what's going on. And a plane was going over at this point, and we chose to move with the plane with the sound to mask our sound, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what these things did as well because once the plane passed, we stopped again. You know, it was only like every 10, 20 seconds, you could hear like one little rock being moved but way further up the creek each time. So I think they had snuck out with the plane and then just left the whole area. And then once we got to, we walked down to the top of the creek bank, where we could see down into the creek. And it was just like the whole energy had changed. But just before we got down to the, the creek where the entrance is, up to that game trail, I thought I saw, because <laughs> I was zoomed in on my phone, I thought I could see it walking past. And I was in the video, I'm like, that's a head. I've just seen its head like starting to be like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Because it would have to be two plus meters tall to be able to see its head walking past there. But it was actually a wallaby coming up. And the good thing about catching the wallaby in the video was you can hear it hop in the video and thud. And it's the completely different noise to what we were just hearing because this thing was so heavy from how far away it came in into the creek and then stomping and trudging through the water bipedally like that it was almost like validation that, okay, well, it's definitely not a fucking wallaby. It's not a kangaroo. It's not hooved. It's the only thing you can reel it down to, especially with using the indigenous culture as a as a guide is that that's a yaoi in the bush and then from there we walked into the creek but the whole area just felt different like they'd li we could just tell that whatever it was had easily gone like it was long gone so we walked up that creek where it came from and we found all these splash marks on rocks and where someone had stepped in the water and stepped over a rock and you can see the the water drag marks and whatnot and we actually walked up a different fire trail to where another creek is and found a footprint that was fresh in the in the creek sand. And I think that's the way that they used to exit out and then head up because there's even more bigger game trails out there that I've found in the last couple of weeks. So that's pretty much the whole encounter, but it was just insane because it became real all of a sudden. And we still go out there now and find I'm finding more and more stuff. Each, um, the second last time I went out, I found more footprints that were had no trackway to them where you could clearly see a trackway into the creek sand and there was just these two perfect left feet footprints flat foot and wide about 30 centimeters long and and it just as like really wide at the toe as well and it was just if it was a person walking up we look around we turn with our feet we don't just turn ahead you know what i mean we we make a mess <laughs> and these were not a mess and i could actually follow some of them heading up into the creek where we had the encounter and I found two consecutive trackways. So there was a left foot and then a right foot. And it was the, the right foot that I could see clearly and I could just see where the left foot made the mark. And the distance in between those two footprints was about 1.5 metres. So whatever it was has to be a really tall man walking out in bare feet that doesn't ever hurt his feet because he doesn't ever wear shoes or it's a, a yaoi or a junjiri. It's the only thing I can put it down to because the way that the, the foot shape and everything, completely flat foot, super heavily pressed into the sand i couldn't make anywhere even close to half of the same uh, imprint so we're forever i think it's still a pretty hot area 
uh, depending on how full the creek is, but there's always food there, plenty of fresh craze. You know, there's a dam there as well, and it's just the perfect environment for anything that wants to, to thrive in there that's a predator. Yeah, and that's the thing about the Australian bush is that it doesn't really have anything out there to limit how these creatures could potentially live. You know, like we don't have bears, we don't have uh, big cats. Well, we do, but well, not maybe officially. Not in Queensland and Victoria and stuff, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but there's nothing out there that's going to really limit the the lifestyle that these things no. choose to have. You know, it's like it's just absolutely free game out there for a yowie. Yeah, and just seeing that wallaby as well. Like, and I've found plenty of fresh wallaby prints and tracks and everything. And it's just, there's plenty of food there. There's, there's no lack of it. Plenty of lilies in the dam always. You need the flowers and root bulbs and heaps of big tadpoles and frogs. It's just, um, it's an awesome place. Like, it's it's pretty much a haven in its, in its own way. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it really goes to show that the, the Yowies are such a, kind of master of their their domain that they can kind of just get in and out of this place in a matter of seconds without you guys yeah. even being able to to kind of track them you know keep keep up with them or, or anything like that yeah i think like honestly hearing them after we got to a point sneaking i feel like they were sneaking out because you could hear that slight rock movement every so often in between as opposed to what we were just hearing is them just trudging through but with um the American stuff as well, they, they say knocks are communication, obviously. But some people that I've heard lately have said, like, um, they're warning each other, like, two knocks is a warning. And we got that one knock in the video and then two knocks straight after, then another knock. So initially when we had the encounter, we thought that we snuck up on them and they didn't know we're there because the wind always comes down the creek, so nothing's going to smell you. That's further up the creek. And... But thinking about it more and more now, I'm like, I think they knew we were there and the knocks were telling them to move on because they may have been resting under the lantana out of the hot sun or something. Or it's, um, and then maybe the, the trudging and sloshing was a, a sign of aggression in a sense of like we just got snuck up on. I don't know. It's just the more and more I think about it, there's more scenarios that, because initially we thought we snuck up on them. But we, we're kicking ourselves for not running down. But at the same time, I don't know if I would have wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think that's what most people think that they would do when they have a Yowie encounter. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were kind of talking beforehand that you you and your mate, you know, you had a plan and that, you know, if this is this is what we encounter. We're going to run down there. We're going to have the camera. And the reality is, you know, that kind of all goes out the window when you're yeah. potentially almost face-to-face with the you know, this mythical beast that isn't supposed to exist. Yeah, it's 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 all fun and games until it becomes real. Because I was recording, I recorded the whole thing and I didn't stop recording once, but if I literally ran down the creek, I would have seen whatever it was, but I couldn't move. The fear literally took over and it was literally, okay, preservation mode, let's go. Control your breath and don't move. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you think it was? Like, you think that your body was just in a state of shock that it just couldn't move yeah honestly i did i had no inkling it was almost like i was numb because my heart was going so fast and i think it's only happened one time before when my heart's been that fast but then i was like trying to calm down and then when we heard stomping and stepping closer as clear like clear footsteps it was pretty obvious that we weren't the only only ones in the park that day so also the park had been closed for a week due to burning off but there was no fresh burn-offs or anything, which was a bit strange. So we knew no one was in the park. And we are like, sweet, maybe we'll get more because no one's here. And then that's when we had the encounter. 
So obviously if they are there, they know when people aren't going to be around majority of the time as well. Like when the AYR encounter happened, he went in there after COVID hit and park had been closed for months, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, it, it's kind of like they've just had this entire area to themselves for not, mm. the, not the longest time, but, you know, enough time for them to potentially start to drop their guard a little bit. Because one of the questions I actually had was like, do you think you, you kind of snuck up on these creatures? And another question I was going to ask you, which you basically already answered as well, is, was if you were downwind from these creatures. And now a quick word from our sponsor. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah, so initially we both think that we snuck up on them because obviously whenever we get closer to the area that we like to research or investigate, research is a loose term, um, we pretty much stop talking, don't talk louder, and we take our time walking over the rocks because you can't really, it's the kind of terrain in the creek where they're, they're pretty big boulders and in between from sand-sized grain all the way up to big boulders. So you can't really – you can run and hop over it, but you're going to slip up eventually. But it's not one of those scenarios where you can, you can like, trudge like this thing did, which is the, the, the crazy thing about it. We couldn't believe it. I think that's what stunned us so much. But when we went up to – got to the game trail as well, we were like, okay, we'll get up here and we just talk very quietly. And like I said to you uh, before, the wind does come down that creek, so nothing would smell us if it, if it, if it is up further. And we didn't hear the, the knocks until we were, I don't know, walking around in that bush for about five minutes, just slowly making a perimeter and looking around and trying to find more footprints of like thylacine ones that were similar to what I found. And, and that's when I heard the, the, the knock. So if I'm thinking about it again, like I think we did sneak up on them, but then once they started knocking, I think it was like a, a wake up because I'm just assuming that it could have been resting because it's a perfect area just on the other side of that land tunnel where we heard it, it's way more open and just like softer grass. And it's just, it's it's an odd bit of bush. It's very strange that if it's just kangaroos and that running around, then they're freaking huge. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And the, the thing is like, basically every Australian knows what a, what a kangaroo sounds like when it's moving. And yeah. uh, they may be bipedal, but they do not sound bipedal. No, not at all. And that's, like I said, in the end of the video, when we were getting down to the, the end of the game trail back at the creek, that wallaby jumped up and didn't even know we were there until it was almost face-to-face with my mate. <laughs> and it slid over and fell over itself and then hopped back down. But just hearing that thud and the noise that it made, it that really solidified it for us that this was something that we're not taught about. <laughs> this is what we're here to look for and holy shit. We just kept regretting it, going, fuck, we should have gone down, we should have gone down. But at the same time, I said, mate, if that was a family, because we heard more than one, imagine what would have happened if, if this thing is a primate or if it is an ancient type of person. It could have been a 
kill or be killed situation if they were that protective, you know. And so it's it's probably good that we didn't go down. One hundred percent. You know, I think that's the the case that happens with a lot of missing people in the bush is that they, you know, they potentially run into a like a, a family of Yowies or a young Yowie, and uh, you know, have you have you seen what a grizzly bear does to someone? When they come across uh, no. their cup, it's <laughs> terrifying. You're supposed to wear a huge backpack, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's just to like give you uh, the one percent chance that you may not have your internals ripped out by the bear. Yeah, but yeah, make I, it think that it's ripping you apart. Yeah, but grizzly bears go nuts. So imagine something that actually has intelligence and yeah. understands the pain points of a of an individual because um, chimps they go nuts too. It's it's really really yeah, terrifying. Even on their own bloody handlers, in a sense, like if they get jealous. That's it. Yeah. So I can only imagine the the fear of uh, running into an angry mum yowie out in the bush would just be something that you wouldn't wish on your your worst enemy. Yeah. Well, it's like um, I've heard Gary Opet say in one of his interviews that um, you don't hear about people being found in the bush dismembered and ripped apart and he's like so if you see one just go up to it and I'm thinking okay it's, it's, it's pretty easy to say that but at the same time if the fear does hit you and it's showing a sign of aggression you're going to do what we did and you're just going to stand there yeah I think you just disappear <laughs> to be honest it's, yeah, uh, yeah. there's I, no missing parts too far and they're thrown way up in trees and what <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or you know who knows like geez they may even bloody eat people like, who knows like at the end of the day yeah but yeah that that, that yeah. was my thought too you know like you've potentially stumbled across like a, a family unit or something like that i think we did and just i still think we stumbled like snuck up on them to a point until we heard the knocks i think the knocks were they saw us or heard us moving around in the bush because I've, I've re-looked over the footage so many times trying to zoom in and see if i can see anything moving away and through the foliage or not but it's up on the, the hill where we heard that loud, large um, tree break a few months earlier as well, like that same sort of area where I found like seven foot tall, as thick as your forearm, fresh green uh, ironbarks just completely snapped perfectly, a clean break, not like a peeled across or like stressed from wind. It's perfectly just snapped and popped underneath. And it's just you need hands to do something like that. So I'm sure a huge seven foot tall bloke could do it with a bit of oomph, but it's it's too much of it out there to be like, well, this isn't a person doing this. Yeah, it's like pretty, there's... pretty clear. Yeah, too much of it to be a coincidence. Yeah, pretty much. And then even with... If it was a family group, it sort of... I, I have found a small stick structure out there before that was almost like a teepee, but more of a dome shape. And it was perfectly placed to where if you moved one stick, which I, I did regrettingly, just to examine it more, the whole thing just fell to pieces. So if that formed like that naturally, which I really don't think it did, the wind would have blown it over in two seconds. That's interesting. Did you ever get yes. a, like any pictures or, or video of that? Yeah, I've got a video of that on, on my YouTube channel. I uh, put it up as a short because I didn't want to show me um, it falling apart after me touching it. So <laughs> <laughs> Plausible deniability. I felt, really, I felt really bad. I was like, oh, God, please don't be watching me. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, geez. That's, uh, you could have just wrecked some poor Yowie's science experiment right there. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, humans are assholes. They yeah. are proof. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, what was uh, what was going through your head like when you were just frozen? Because I felt I, I could imagine that would have felt like it was an eternity that you were just standing still. It, it did. It was literally like my all my senses were focused on listening to what the noise was doing and where it was moving to. 
I couldn't feel my body or anything. It was like it was all just in my head going, okay, it's, oh, my God, it's stepping. That's another step. Okay, that's clear bipedal. Holy shit, this is fucking real. And they're, like, breathing really hard. My mate at one point's like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, it's all good. It's all good because I just composed myself in my own head going, taking deep breaths and trying to get that air in because my heart was just, it was literally racing. And I've never, because I, I grew up going, to a family farm and shooting all the time and humming pigs and scrub and so that gets pretty hair raising at times when you can be face to face with a, a pig that's even an 80 kilo pig that can still rip you apart so just the whole that's the feeling was that that's the most scared i've ever been being out in the bush the most intense feeling was that and i don't think anything will compare because it was only a few days after that i was like oh, i wonder if my watch picked up on it and there's literally a gap in that 10 to 15 minutes that it couldn't register because it was just beating that fast. Yeah, wow. And like, was it was it an Apple Watch or something like that? Um, it's a Garmin. Yeah, right. It's a Garmin like Fit Watch sort of thing. So it registers your heart rate, your sleep and everything. So it's definitely capable of doing it and it literally couldn't even, I think the highest it got to was like 150 and then it just cut out. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was intense because the beating of my heart got that loud and intense that it was just a drumming in my ears that I had to quickly take some breaths and be like holy shit okay take some breaths this is what you're here for and just remind myself to not be like okay run (laughs) yeah that definitely sounds like you had like extreme tunnel vision going on yeah yep definitely just absolute terror in the moment I I couldn't imagine how it felt because yeah well there was a point where my mate was even like do you think they're gonna fuck off and I'm just like fuck I kind of hope so at this point (laughs) That was one of the the questions I was going to ask you is like, what did your mate think of the this, the situation? Because you, you're both frozen with fear, but you're you're kind of working through the scenario in your head. Was he kind of doing the same thing, or was he having a bit of a freak out? He was definitely having a freak out, like me <laughs> at the start of it all. <laughs> when you heard the clear bipedal walking, it was just it, it was just so obvious to us that that wasn't a person. And whoever was doing that was over 150 kilos plus because the noise that was it was making and echoing up to us, it was just like I'm actually annoyed because the phone couldn't pick up on it as well as what we heard in person. And I was literally saying it like it's all good, man. I've got this on video. Like no one can say this is fake and stupid. And when we watched it over again, it was like, fuck, it didn't record as loud as what we hoped. That would be so, interesting. I might get a copy of that video off you like that segment and – if if I could, I'll actually boost the, the sound and, and clean it up a bit. Yeah, I did that on one of the apps, uh, as novice as I am, and it was literally like reliving the moment when I sent it to my mate. He's like, holy shit, you've nailed that. Holy crap, you can clearly hear that bipedal walking. And just even when it's walking on the rocks, it's like... Like it's looking somewhere and then moving over here and looking somewhere like... And you can hear it. We could hear it. I don't think you can hear it in the video, but we could hear it like picking up rocks and... And he was like, it's checking for craze. Like, it, that's the thing. Like, whether they knew we were there at that point still, like, were they looking for food under the rocks? It was just the noises we could hear and the movements, obviously being that we know what noises humans make when we do stuff like that. So we related it to that, if that makes sense. Do you still have a copy of the, the audio by any chance? Um, I should do on my uh, on that program that I use. But... Um, I definitely should have it still on my phone somewhere. Well, if you do, I'd love to get a copy of it because if you do, I'd basically play it right now. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I'll definitely try and send it through to you because I, I did send it to Gary Lynn as well. Oh, okay. Um, letting him know about, hey, mate, I know you guys have done investigations out here. Just letting you know I've found some pretty wild stuff. We had an encounter and I got his number and sent him the files. He's like, oh, I know your frustration. It never comes through on the recording as what you hear it in person. He's like, I can definitely hear that there's something there though. And then um, I've actually, a few times I went out by myself after that encounter going into the same area doing the same thing i started finding a lot of quartz rocks stacked up by themselves just quartz really like piled up yeah it was really odd and like there's areas where i'm like yeah sure this could be people which is all good and well and then i'd be going deeper down the creek and you'd find four perfect um quartz rocks stacked in wedged into like the behind of a vine growing out of a tree along one of the walking paths upside the creek like a game trail and i'm just like this is Either someone's doing this or this is a form of communication or... Yeah, I wonder if it's like gifting or something like that. I feel like it could be or in my mind it makes me think that they're telling me how many are in the clan because there's always four rocks and that's roughly the... We heard the, the big one come down and then two others follow and then another noise in the bush behind us. So that's where my mind goes to that. that it, it's four of them running around there. Yeah, that's a really cool theory. I like that. But the other the creepy thing is after I found those ones, they're all up on my YouTube channel. Everything I find, I always put up to get people's opinion. Let me know what you think. I'm more than happy to discuss it, whether you want to say that it's a load of shit or not, and the reasoning why I think it's not. But I found, and this is a strange one, because I put up a game, a trail camera, and I know that people go up there. But it's um, where I was going up again, close to pretty much, I don't know, 10, 20 meters or so past that initial game trail that we went up and had the encounter with the, the knocks and everything. So I'm still in the creek bed and on one of the big uh, boulders that's there, there's these perfect three uh, quartz rocks in the middle. And then, so you're pretty much making a Y. So the top of a Y, quartz rock, quartz rock, and then down the bottom of where the Y would be, there's another quartz rock. And then underneath those rocks was a perfectly woven, fresh woven piece of grass with sticks in the end of it to hold it together from springing undone, placed under the quartz rocks, doming over four quartz rocks in the middle. And when I found that, I was like, no way. Is this a gift or is someone leaving this for them? Is someone else out here doing this? But I regret not taking it at that point as well. But I did record that as well. And I sent that to Gary when he was ecstatic. He was like, no, nah, but definitely someone could do it. But that looks tribal. And he sent me some pictures of what they found out at Springbrook. Um, deep in the bush of woven palms together, that was just, no one would have done it. It's just one of those things that you're like, no one comes in here to do this shit. Yeah. And for what reason would they do it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And yeah. <laughs> Because I can imagine you probably get uh, a bunch of haters who say, no, nah, that's just other people doing that. But the reality is, you know, you're probably so far off the, the beaten track that it doesn't make sense for, for yeah, people like to it, just it's leave not, it's it there. not too far off. Yeah, it's not too far off. Like anyone can go there. But why is anyone just leaving a fresh woven piece of, like it's like three pieces of grass woven together perfectly like a plait and then at the end of it there's a tiny stick like the size of a pin holding it together at each end from springing undone perfectly. Like everything's just, it's almost like you'd have to be ASD, OCD, something like to get that mat perfect and then the placement as well is the weave itself is domed over four quartz rocks and being held by two other quartz rocks with another singular quartz rock. And it's just, it's it's not even like witchcraft, and it's just so 
ancient and tribal the way it looks, the way that's been put there. So whether or not someone has done it, kudos to you. That looks pretty amazing and you got me. Otherwise, I don't know if that was left for me or other people that go there. It was just pretty pretty strange to find. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I 100% would have taken that. <laughs> I, re- I felt bad even touching it and having a look. I was like, fuck, I should have taken it. So next time I went out and had a look, it had rained, so it flooded a bit, and I couldn't find any of those rocks or the weave anywhere. It had all been washed away. Oh, bugger. That sucks. So ho- hopefully if they were watching, they're not like, oh, asshole, didn't you? <laughs> well, uh, mate, I, I I do have to ask. Like, it, obviously it hasn't scared you out of the bush, this experience. It almost sounds like it's kind of driven you further down the, the yowie rabbit hole. Yeah, it's... Um a few weeks ago, I had a, a pretty gnarly experience when I, because I go out by myself a bit. My mate works a little bit more now, so I, I still go out, but I make sure it's daytime. Um, it made me definitely want to keep going out and looking for more because every time I went out, I'd find new breaks because I've been going that area so much that I start seeing things like it's my own landry. I'm like, oh, that wasn't put there before, and that's been snapped off that tree over there 10 meters away. Just things like that. But I went out a bit further up the creek and then cut into the bush to have a look and see what I could find. And as I was doing that, it I get that feeling that everyone says, like, oh, all of a sudden the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and I started getting that. And I was, like, trying to put it off to, oh, I'm sweating, the wind's blowing a bit, maybe it's just cooling my neck down. But then I started getting, like, a sickly feeling in my stomach and I was just, the direction I was heading was about to go over another ridge into, like, a little ravine thing and then up the ridge the other side. And I was getting near the top and I was like, "Mm, something just, something's not right. I just don't, and I've never had that feeling ever in the bush. I've always just been like, what's anything that can hurt me? I can hurt it back just as much in here unless obviously I get bitten by a snake. But it was literally, I, I walked away from it. I was like, no, nah, I'm not getting a good feeling from there. Started walking away and about a minute later, I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I'm not being scared of this. I'm not going to let anything deter me from doing what I want to do. And as soon as I started walking towards it, within five, ten seconds, the, f- the feeling just dropped instantly. Didn't feel sick, didn't feel the, the hairs on my neck standing up. It was like a light switch. Literally like someone had just turned it off. That's really interesting. I wonder what that is. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I wonder I don't if, know if it was a warning or not. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? I wonder if there was like some kind of infrasound going on there or, or something like that. It's, or even the spirits out there. I don't know if they're saying, no, don't go any further this way. Because every time I go out, I thank the traditional owners for the land that we're on and everything just to, to show my respect. Oh, that's to really the land. cool. That's cool. Because I mentioned it to, um, Creepers Cryptid, John, who had the Dogman encounter. Yeah. And he said, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's like a light switch turning it off when it goes away, that feeling and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm glad I can talk to like-minded people that have encountered the same thing and know exactly what I'm talking about. I, um, I'm, I'm probably a bit of a, a sick individual, but I know that same feeling that you're, you're talking about because every time I do a live show at my studio, um, I get that feeling because I am 100% certain that my my studio is is haunted and i kind of get this just a little bit of a thrill from it now because it's just like oh cool i hope something kind of spooky happens yeah that's it what am i going to (laughs) capture yeah yeah absolutely it's it's almost like you you get past the point of fear and it's more intrigued now yeah yeah 100 percent. because it's kind of like and um, who knows maybe i'm drinking myself by saying this but it's just like oh i wonder what's going to happen here it's like is this going to be exciting is this going to be scary and that's it i don't know maybe maybe i'm too far down this this rabbit hole when it comes to the world of, of podcasting and chasing content but 
I, I don't know. I think that's that's kind of cool and exciting. You've more opened yourself to it. Maybe that's why it's becoming more and more. If that makes sense. Yeah, maybe that's a that's actually a very interesting point. I've never actually considered that myself. It's you like, know. Yeah, it's like I've heard people talking about their ghost stories, and they don't like to talk about the encounters that they had with ghosts and stuff because every time they do, they say something happens again just because they brought it up. So you're, you're giving life to it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And. I'm just kind of here thinking I am way too busy to deal with this. So just give me the heebie-jeebies and then get on your way. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't interrupt the show. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And uh, it's it's super weird because like sometimes funny stuff will happen with uh, the podcast recording equipment. Like I, I don't know if you can tell, but tonight I'm just getting like random bouts of static while you're talking. And maybe the listeners will hear it. I'll I'll try my best to kind of edit it out. But yeah, mm. every now and then I'm getting like random bouts of static just from your end for no reason at oh, all. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, that's very odd. <laughs> it is very odd. And it's, I don't know, is that is that one of those things? Should I be getting the heebie-jeebies? Have you got them right now? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just putting all my energy out there telling the story and maybe that's coming through to the microphone. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, Jeremy, man, you've been a, a super fascinating person to talk to and I kind of love your encounter, the, the fact that you kind of went out there looking for this thing and uh, you essentially found it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in a good just, way and a bad way. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you just couldn't process it, which I think is, um, you know, that's the reality of these situations that everyone's ready to to see a yowie until they they are right there. It's yeah, it's lucky you see everyone saying you don't want to see these things. Everyone says I want to see one, I want to see one, and they're like, no, you don't, because when you do, you're going to regret it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I sort of know what they mean by that in a sense. Do you wish you saw it though? Um. In, in different circumstances, maybe if there weren't others around, because I think that was the main thing, because I've listened to so many podcasts like on Sasquatch Chronicles and Yowie Central and everything, um, where they say you don't go near a mother and a baby, that's when the aggression happens and etc. which like with any animal out in the wild. So I think that was in my head going, that was what was really stopping me from walking down there, as it was self-preservation to get home to my family. <laughs> and you know what, that's totally fair, because uh, at the end of the day, uh, getting a glimpse of a yowie is not worth your life. It's not worth your family missing out on you. It's not worth missing out on the the life that you could share with everyone just for a glimpse of That's it. these creatures. Yeah, one. Yeah, and then one glimpse, and then darkness. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.